It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Everybody and welcome back to Napping Through Happy Hour, where uh, oh, I almost did our black and white vote thing. Okay, wait. <laughs> where we talk about real life, real drama in real time, and uh, life might not be black and white, but we certainly are. I'm Katie. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Marie. Hello. Hello. That was a, hello. That was a mix of uh, of things, a remix of. Black and white, nappy through happy hour. Welcome. I know. So that's, uh, it was a big old callback to, yeah. uh, what, a year ago? <laughs> I know. Wow. Um, yeah, almost almost a year straight we've yeah. been going on this podcast. Um, but today I'm very happy to announce that we have a special guest. Her name is Janae. She has her own, <laughs> she's her own woman. She has her own business. She's um, a fantastic person. One of my good friends from college. Everyone, please welcome Janae Thompson. What's going on? What's going on? I'm so I happy know. to finally be here. Technology was like, no. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we found out that many of the things that we record on do not work with Safari. So that's um, that's something oh, good to know for the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, was yeah. happening. That's what was happening. Yeah. I was trapped in the jungle. Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Safari. <laughs> on a safari. <laughs> I forget uh, people use that. Yeah. <laughs> Murray, are you uh, on a Mac product or are you on a Chrome? I book? am, but um, I use Chrome. And it's funny because this is a callback to our old job where oh, yeah. I remember getting yelled at by the Apple people because our old software did not work. work so well with Safari. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Apple products have, especially when it comes to their browser, they have a lot of limitations, which I find interesting. And also mm-hmm. Chrome and Google kind of just rules the browser internet. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, um, they they don't fight well. Um, <laughs> when you have a whole job centered around a digital platform, <laughs> yeah. I'm it's difficult to tell people from Apple, you can't use Safari. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello? I know. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, So, Janae, tell us about your week. What's been going on with you? Anything uh, crazy happening this past week? Crazy this week? Um, What's been going on this week? Let me see. I'm trying to think. It's only, what, it's Wednesday? God. It's Wednesday. (laughs) What is time? Time is soup. (laughs) Um, 
What has been going on? Well, I attended a really gorgeous, fabulous, funny wedding this weekend. Yeah. Weird. I don't know if you heard about it. I don't know if you heard about it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so that was a huge, big part of the last week um, that my partner and I had been really looking forward to. Um, Did you guys have fun? We had a great time. Yes, we had a really, really good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love being uh, in situations where like we don't know anybody because I'm the extrovert. And he's the, like, I'd rather he's not me. in the corner, but he will do it for me. <laughs> so it- <laughs> That's awesome. How long have you been dating him? Uh, almost four years. It'll be Congrats. four years in June. Okay. I, I, I just I just want to tell the people, like, when we're talking about this partner, we're not just talking about your average Joe. He's like <laughs> one of the coolest looking dudes I've seen in a long time, and uh, what he sports a, a messenger hat. Is that what they're called? Like <laughs> yes. like no other. Yeah. I love it. Just uh, he, and he's got the cool like they're not quite handlebar. But they're but what are, they're, yeah. Well, yeah. The, what's like, the term for the, the wax? And I don't know actually. Yeah, find it's that very, out for us. It's like, a, like it's a, well, a step above handlebar. Yeah, like that. <laughs> he rocks yeah. it, dude. Like it all works. <laughs> and seeing you together, it's the cutest. I just if I could paint a picture for people, it's like <laughs> it, it's awesome. Yeah. He looks like um. He would serve you the most amazing overpriced cocktail. Like that too, like yes. His, yeah, yes. Like he's dressed yes. up when he's in his wedding attire. It's yes. like, I just a mixologist a sage or something in there. Like, yeah. he's going to pull a sprig of rosemary out of nowhere. I know it. Yes, that yeah. is it. A mixologist, right? Yes. Yeah, and if you're familiar with LA culture by any stretch of the imagination, you know exactly the kind of bartender. It's like the downtown bartenders for the twenty dollar cocktail that yes. barely has any alcohol in it, but has yep. a lot of other fresh herbs and stuff. Yeah, no, he he's a wonderful human being. And um, <laughs> I where did you guys meet? Um, we met in our hometown. So we grew up about a, maybe a mile away from each other, but didn't meet until like adulthood. Um, there's a corner store um, around the way from my childhood home where my parents still live. And my dad and I are big beer aficionados, as yeah. is my boyfriend. But for the longest time, that corner store was the only place that sold that type of beer that my dad and I really liked. What kind so, of beer? Uh, it was called the Golden Chaos. Ooh. Ooh, and it was. It was golden and chaotic. It was so <laughs> good. Super good. Especially, like, during the summer, really crisp. We like Belgian beers. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. I love Belgian yes. beers myself. Yeah. I'm with it. That's I'm my vibe. It. That's we my had vibe. our rehearsal dinner at uh, Golden Road Brewery, the Chloe's oh, Speakeasy. Yeah. And I oh. had several cases of beer so you should come over sometime and grab a case of either streetcar guava cider or their mango cart which are all fantastic oh, yum i'm on my way bye okay. oh, oh, <laughs> all that time <laughs> i know i know <laughs> we got it up and running and i'm closing it down um that's amazing and thank you for the invite yes of course shoot that over <laughs> but yeah so um 
Right. So my dad would go down to the corner store to like grab us a couple of beers. We would have beers on the patio on the weekends, just like some daddy daughter time. Um, so he actually met my father first <laughs> and they had like a r- rapport going on for like for quite a while before I actually met him. Um, there was one day, I don't remember why, I don't remember why. But my dad was like, oh, here's like a 20, go slide down and get some cold beers. And I was like, cool. So I did. And when I got the beer, I took it to the front and he, there was Josh. And he like looked down at the beer and he looked up at me and he was like, I'm sorry, are you Curtis's daughter? And <laughs> <laughs> waiting for like, your beer. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I look just like my dad, honestly. So it was a great guess and he was correct. So that's how I met him in person. And he ended up like sliding into my DMs and asking me to hang out. And I was like, oh, dad. I remember being like, oh, dad, liquor store guy just like asked me to hang out. Like he found me on Instagram. So, yeah. And did did Curtis approve? Curtis approved. Curtis has always liked Josh. He's always liked him. He'd always come back from the liquor store and be like, that guy's cool. Like that's a cool kid. Like da da da. So he got a good start. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so he I was at that. least slinging some kind of alcohol at some point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It wasn't too far off. Yeah, it wasn't too far off. <laughs> yeah, just a little more prepackaged. Um, yeah. And then uh, share with us uh, your business that you do, Sequa. Um, <laughs> your your whole mm. business. It's so cool. I, I want to hear a little bit more of that. Thanks. Thank you. Yes. Um, so I started the company as a sole proprietorship in 2020, just like most of us, you know, we, we had to do, we had to pivot, you know, in 2020, the big buzzword pivoting. And, um, at the time I was heavily nannying. I love babies. No. I love kids. I don't have any, but for someone who hasn't popped out a child, I have a lot of kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just like, you know, I just felt like my life was going in a different direction. Um, and I got really interested in social media and marketing, um, because of my theater background. Uh, when I left APU, when I left school, I immediately started booking like shows. So I performed right out the gate and I was able to do a few tours over the years with musical theater. And so I realized though, that as much as I loved theater and I loved theater people, a lot of us seem to be really preoccupied with the show side of show business and not enough with the business side. And so I found myself kind of switching my circles around and like refining my interests and making sure that the things that I was educating myself on were being infused into my acting and and into my approach to auditions and whatnot. And then sure enough, you know, here comes the pandemic and what happens? Broadway shuts down. We don't know if it's coming back. You know, we can't perform the way that we used to. And it just kind of proved my theory correct. You know, like there's nothing wrong with being extremely talented and being personable and running in your circle and doing what you do. But if you don't have enough eggs in other baskets, you're one pandemic away from panic, you know. So that was and I was like, oh, that that was the big, you know, as terrible as the pandemic was like it was a big light bulb for me that I was like, I can add value at least to this community in this way. Like, let's look at your Instagram account. Let's look at all, you know, your social media profiles. Do you have a website? 
What's your backup plan? Do you have anything that you could sell that you could, you know, Pied Piper people from one thing to the next to just keep, if only, if only income, keep that coming, you know, and, or continue to have your presence built up and sustainable until we figure out when Broadway is coming back or when local theater can perform in person again or what have you, you know, I didn't want us to lose our magic. I didn't want us to lose our momentum and our spark because of what was outside of our control. You know, I wanted us to take the reins as creative people and do what we could, but understanding that that, that it's all marketing. The minute you decide to become an artist or a creative, you also decide to become your own small business. Mm-hmm. And that is what I wanted to train people on and also, you know, continue my own education on. So that's kind of how Sequoia was born. Um, and over time, it just kind of snowballed. Other types of businesses and companies, you know, were inquiring about my services. So I expanded it beyond the theatrical circle. So now I have clients who are naturopaths, therapists. I have clients who are actors. I just coached a young man Jamar Michaels, who was in both the Dear White People film and the series, nice. um, personal trainers. Like I, I talk to everybody across the country now, and it's just kind of like, whoa, you know, it's a big, it's a big it's wow. It's a yeah. big, big wow, and I'm super, super grateful and excited for um, for the future. We an LLC now. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, got oh California eight hundred dollars a year. <laughs> Oh, you better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the downsides of business. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful, but it's beautiful. So that's yeah, that's my baby. That's that's my company. That's wonderful. Essentially, uh, yeah. When I I thought that one of the coolest things about the business that you start, like when you first started, you were making meals in for those in need as like one of your first business strategies, you were helping raise money to feed those who were less advantaged, especially during the pandemic, which was like a huge thing and not a lot of people were doing. And you were putting together different like meal packages and uh, care packages and handing them out, which I, the fact that your company started from there and it seems to be growing and exponentially doing in a really positive way is really cool. Thank you. Yes, that's an annual thing. We've now been able to do it for two years. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. My goal for that is to create a 501c3. That way, when people donate, they can also, you know, handle their tax, whatever they want to do with that information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you are correct. That first year, again, I just didn't want people to lose hope, you know, is whether you're coming from a, a more privileged point of view, or if, you know, your circumstances are whatever they are, I just wanted people to have something to do that was good karma, you know, that was giving back, um, you know, and adversely, you know, our, our, our friends and neighbors on Skid Row, you know, I wanted them to know that people care, that people give a crap, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it really bummed me out that, you know, seeing the effects of the pandemic on my friends and family and everyone who have resources, who are privileged, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even imagine what it was like just being on the street and having all this happen and being so susceptible. So yeah, Saquon Cares got started that way. And we just concluded our second drive um, earlier this year. And so yeah, so all the the donations are ongoing. Um, People can continuously throughout the year sign up to volunteer, either to assemble bags, distribute bags, all of the above. Um, So we're gonna we're trying to keep that going really, really strong. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Marie, um, you've had quite a big week as well. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what week number we're in now, but uh, speaking of marketing, you're also doing quite a, a lot. You just got a marketing job at a, at a company. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How was taking time off and how, how's the, the job been going? So it's funny. Number one, I was also at the wedding. I just want to say, and it was fun and it was amazing. And like, um, <laughs> my partner was like, that's the funnest wedding I've ever been to. So like, oh. um, and I remember one guy said, um, actually, uh, this guy came with Pooja who has been on the show before. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I would have paid money to come to this wedding. It was so much fun. Oh, he could have like, done that if he wanted to. <laughs> I'll give out my Venmo at El Cassie Pants. <laughs> go ahead. You, you go ahead and drop a couple bucks in that Venmo. That's fine with me. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's actually a wedding idea. QR code with my Venmo on it. Um, you know, I almost did that. I legitimately almost did that because I got a QR code for the invites um, that the day after I got the QR code, it was like, spend all this money to keep the QRL code active. And I was like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I could have done so much more with that. And I totally didn't. Because there's too much to plan in a wedding, guys. Yeah, sure, it's yeah. a lot, I'm sure. Um, but one of, so we stayed, uh, the day after the wedding, we stayed and we went uh, out to eat at a friend of ours, well, a restaurant that he works at. I went with a whole group of folks and that was a lot of fun um ran up to the getty real quick i it was funny because it was we were just like let's go and it was like we only had like 30 minutes to go but it's free you but the thing is you pay 15 dollars for parking so i don't know it's really free um it's it's the parking that really is the ticket but like when you've got other people in your car fair enough yeah right it's not as bad yeah um what was cool is though one of the special things between my dad and i was van gogh um, one of the very first paintings he ever gifted me was Van Gogh. And Aww. so I got to see um, a Van Gogh there. They actually had mm-hmm. one on display. So that was just like really sweet, a really cute little moment I had. And then we went to go see Super Mario World, oh. um, which was, I loved it. Nico and I absolutely loved it, loved it, love it. Um, got up the next day and drove uh, six hours, but actually took us eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, dude! Yeah, uh, all the way back there. up to San Francisco. Yeah, um, San Francisco. yeah. Uh, um, how many bathroom breaks? You know, <laughs> countless, countless. I want to say we stopped every two hours, maybe less. Is Not that two, why I mean, it took you eight hours instead of six? That and also, <laughs> I, I will. I want to admit, I did stop on the way. My mom lives about four hours into the trip. I stopped. I met her just for a quick Dutch Brothers and uh, a visit with my niece. Um, wow so, see my oh. niece so this is mom. a huge deal though uh, how how yeah. the hanging out with your mom go um well i think i told you that like i did i tell you the joke that she talked to a counselor and the no. counselor said that i was right about a few things oh. but she didn't she's not told me this yet but she did tell nico which is funny um, okay so <laughs> i was like after that i was kind of like okay mom i'll just I'll visit you. So it was really, it wasn't, we didn't talk about anything serious because of course we're going to ignore what happened for a while until we have to talk about it. But um, 
it was good seeing her. I was really happy. I think it was also after my birthday, after I had this great weekend, I had all the feels in my heart. So, uh, and getting to see my niece was nice. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, uh, I, you may have known this uh, or not, but who was on one of the reception bingo card uh, situations? But it was Marie's birthday on the twenty second, on the day that I got married. Um, oh. So. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I felt that at one. Uh, thank you. But it's funny at one point because you had it on the bingo card, mm-hmm. a table, the whole table is like happy birthday to me, and Good. I was like, wait uh-huh. away thinking about you. But I was very happy <laughs> that you put that. No. no. <laughs> so, um, for the listener, uh, what we had had at the wedding was during the reception or the cocktail hour, we wanted to have a game for people to play just so that they could be distracted while we took photos and made out and all that stuff. So oh, yeah. we created a uh, reception bingo. Uh, my bridesmaid and I, who's she's a graphic designer and did all of the little table tents and the card and the table numbers oh, and amazing. all those beautiful design. Yeah. She's wonderful. Um, she um, helped me create this reception bingo, which was like, at first we were like, yeah, it would be like fun razzing things. Like, you know, check this box if um you know a bridesmaid cries during a speech or something like that and we started like having more and more fun with it where we're like oh high five somebody on the groom side get to know somebody on the bride side and then we had sing happy birthday to the flower girl Mm. uh, um a bunch of other different things um so that people could win these little stupid blow up crowns (laughs) i loved it i loved it that is so good and so smart yeah yeah it was it was always one of those things when i was doing live sketch shows that like the thing that i hated the most was just the in-between transition times and just an audience sitting in the dark and Mm -hmm. it was like i never wanted that so whenever i would do a sketch show i would either build in like a, a video bit or there was a musical element and then there was dancing and there was just always keep the fun going is and that's we we brought that to the wedding so i'm glad people were singing you happy birthday that was like that was the intended goal (laughs) that's really sweet um and um so after i got home was crazy all the way going round circle to the marketing job Uh i one of the things that was really cool is i didn't feel stressed out about going back to work like, you know, sometimes, oh. like, yeah, after a vacation, especially when you're in a job that you hate or mm-hmm. around people that you hate, that transition <laughs> going back is so much more stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to go back. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you never want to go back. But it was more like it wasn't because I was stressed about, like, the interactions I was going to have or the people I was going to have to deal with or, you know, any of that. And that was, like, so relieving because um, I remember every time I took off my last job, I it was like the ultimate like vacation. Like I just needed that time to just be a human for twenty four hours, uh, but always dreaded going. Uh, the fact that it, it was just a rest and not like my permanent state of being. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. That's yeah. awesome that you have something that you feel excited to do and like fills that for you. You know, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's a big change. Um, 
and hard, hard. It was hard to come by, but I feel like I fought tooth and nail for this one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> and that and that's up. really the point of it, you know. And I'm I'm so glad that you're saying that because like there's been so many things, especially over the course of this year with this podcast. Like we've seen you so many different like positions and jobs that have just been awful for your own mental health. And mm, Janae, yeah. what's it like to work for yourself? Like how is yeah. that transition of going from like all these shows and all these different things? to working for yourself and kind of keeping yourself accountable. It's wild. It really is. Um, obviously like, the positives are like, I ain't got to worry about anybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I really enjoy not having to be like, I mean, I need to, can I, you know, like I <laughs> don't want to be ha- having to do that, which suits my personality for the listener. I'm a hardcore Capricorn, like <laughs> hardcore like early January Capricorn. <laughs> and for the listener who does not care about astrology, that just means I'm super analytical and I am very time energy and organized. I'm a walking spreadsheet basically most of the time. So that helps me get shit done, you know, I, and mm-hmm. helps me stay accountable to myself. Um, yeah, it's awesome. The other side of it though is I'm not, I may be a walking Excel sheet, like brain wise, but I have to remind myself that I am a human. Like I can't, I'm not a machine. And so I can't function as one. And especially since at present I'm a solopreneur, that means like I am marketing, I am accounting, I am every department head in one person. So that's something I've really been working on. I would say from um, about really recently October probably up until now and like wanting to keep the momentum going with is finding that balance and then also working on my all or nothing mentality you know I get into a groove where I'm like well if I don't finish this writing this entire ebook tonight then like what's the point I can't do anything else but that's not true I could set a timer and write three pages and then go do my laundry or go for a walk or imagine going outside like (laughs) You know, that's the other thing. I work from home, obviously. I work out of my apartment. So there there would be days where I would just be in the apartment. Like, that's wild. Yeah, from dawn yeah, to and, dawn. And just super, kind of at the computer. Yeah, and because I love it so much and I love my clients so much and I love being on social media and all of that, like, the time would just fly and I would not have moved. And it's just, I'm realizing how unhealthy that is. So, you know, if anybody is is also a solopreneur out there or are looking into starting their own business, that's something to be mindful of. And that's why I have mindset coaching as a part of what I offer. I just I'm about to launch my um, first coaching program as opposed to just doing one offs. Nice. And part. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Actually, the official launch is tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, hey, <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll get all the tags and everything and where people can follow you towards the end. Uh, oh, but sick. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, saying all that to say, that's a part of the reason why uh, a coaching category of mine is mindset, because I had to chickety check myself. like <laughs> Before you riggedy wrecked yourself. <laughs> before I riggedy wrecked myself and my business, you know, uh, I wasn't getting adequate sleep, like food. What is that? It just you spiral real fast and it doesn't feel like a spiral because you you're doing what you love. So those are the two, I guess, you know, that that's the dichotomy of working for myself. 
Well, and I, th- yeah. I feel like it was recently you also posted something about just personal health and personal health care and how that's been a bit of a challenge. You know, if yes. you want to talk about that, please go ahead. If not, totally fine. We can move on. But yeah, I, I know that Marie and I have talked quite a bit about this, um, about how the medical system can oftentimes fuck over women and oftentimes yeah. fuck over women of color. Yeah. Um, and this seems like something that you may have recently experienced a little bit too real. <laughs> yes, thousand percent. And I could talk about it. All, I won't, but I could talk about it all day because I'm in my own crusade right now of like removing my primary care physician and finding a new one, preferably one with a uterus. Like, absolutely. Last year, probably around this time, actually, it's April. I don't know. Time mm-hmm. is soup yet again. But I had <laughs> I had multiple fibroids. I, okay. I had fibroids in my uterus, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how common that was, especially amongst African American women, amongst Black women and women of color. And I didn't know what was happening to me. I was depressed, and like my body mass had changed so much, and I just. I was achy and I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't recognize myself. Um, And at the time I worked in an office, I was still getting, you know, the LLC stuff off of the ground, but, you know, to keep income coming in, I worked as a social media marketer and a social media coach um, at another business in the office. And so, I mean, it compromised that job. They actually ended up letting me go. Um, wow. I, cause I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up. I was, I ended up being late a lot because I overslept. I was in pain. I had to like, excuse myself to go to the ER during the middle of the day. Like it was oh. a roller coaster. So I very much identify with that topic. Um, and I had to fight with my doctor. I said, something is wrong. It's not just because I'm fat. Something's wrong. And is I, that what they were saying? The excuse they were like, thousand percent, thousand percent. A couple of different times he was like, well, fix your diet and work out X amount of times a week and then come back to me. And I kept telling him, like, bro, I, especially at the time, like, I work out minimum three or four times a week, maximum five. I vary my workouts. I'm damn near vegan. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, I eat fish and eggs sometimes. But other than that, like, I'm, I've always been very mindful of my diet. And I'm, I don't have a whole, like, much of a sweet tooth. Like, you know, and I, I was, I had to argue with him about that. He did not believe that I am an active individual. Yeah. You know, and so I, I told him everything I was doing. And at one point, I finally was just like, okay, well, you can't seem to tell me what I'm not doing right, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to go ahead and just approve the damn ultrasound because something's going on inside. So, yeah, he finally approved it. And lo and behold, the whole time he was arguing with me, I was growing two juicy grapefruit-sized fibroids that were, ruining, that were ruining my life. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. 
Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Okay. And then was there any plan for treatment after those were discovered? Yeah, I had to go into surgery. I had a myomectomy. I had them removed. So basically, I had two babies. I've I've already had my first (laughs) C-section, technically. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Crazy. How, How was that recovery? It was all right. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It was about eight weeks. Around week six, I felt sort of normal. I was able to, like, walk around and stuff. That first week, though, baby, that was hell. (laughs) That first week was crazy. Couldn't sleep. I can't get comfortable. It was very painful. But luckily, I had a lot of support. A lot of my friends sent items and, you know, just things that would help me get around. I have a shower turn now. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know, that helps a lot. But... Yeah, that was a wild, wild time. And it, it just, it derailed so much, you know? Yeah. It pressed pause on a lot of things for me. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's kind of funny because that's exactly um, what's wrong with me. I have not had mine removed. Um, mm-hmm. And I found out a little bit too late in life. Like, all my life I wanted to have kids. I was wondering why I never got pregnant. Um, and I've got hundreds of them. Um, mm-hmm. and I think about how you don't even know how, like to what you don't know when it comes to these things. Like yeah. you, I, I've trusted my doctors for so long. Um, you know, cause I, I've actually experienced symptoms for a good majority of my life. Um, I always like, there were times when I'd have my period for three or four months at a time. Um, just, you know, just sick to the bone because bleeding for three or four months at a time is, it's actually one of the worst things you can ever go through. It's, I mean, your period every day. Um, and you know, them putting me on birth control. Like this is all the, you know, that was the answer to everything. And then that's really, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my weight has been a because of all the different types of birth controls I've been on and all the different medications. And, you know, I, I wish, I wish we got quality healthcare where people would just check things out. Like it's so much like just check them, check it out. Just get somebody, an ultrasound would have taken like 10 years earlier would have improved the quality of my life, you know, by leaps and bounds. And I've not, it's not like, you know, we're, I'm talking about a kid 15 or 16 skipping out on classes because my periods were so heavy. Some, nobody till I was 36 years old thought, Hey, there's my, let's do an ultrasound. Like there, that's. Sorry, I just hearing somebody else go through it. It's heartbreaking to me because there's you don't even know. Like no, I just trusted my doctors, and yeah. I wish 
like, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear, and it's really amazing to hear that you advocated for yourself. Uh, and, uh, you went, went to say, uh, you know, no, 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 this is what's happening. Um, it's kind of what happened with my mother too. She had them too. And the, she, her was pushing on her back. It was really mm-hmm. bad. And yeah. And, um, they just kept letting her lose weight and she had a big old tumor. So it's, um, goodness. It's so sad. What, what are some of the warning signs that maybe we could tell people in case, you know, mm. someone might be asking themselves, maybe this is what's been going on with me. And I just don't know. Like what is something that you maybe saw in the beginning that if you could have told your younger self, you got to get this checked out. Yeah. Um, I know with me, unreasonably heavy periods and extremely painful periods. Periods are not supposed to be like um, debilitating experiences. Like that, when I learned that there are women who don't have period cramps or have very minimal period cramps, it's funny to me because I have to sit in a dark room. I'm sweating. I've got heat here, eyes here. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that was probably one of the biggest signs is those excruciating periods and them being extremely heavy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me that as well, I really, I had horrible periods. Uh, Like I would get physically, like I would throw up, I would get sick. Same. Um, And on top of that too, um, I was just more tired than I had ever been Mm -hmm. in my life. And for no reason, like I hadn't done anything different. But I just would wake up and just feel like like I had been drugged the night before or like I got hit by a truck and it never went away, no -hmm. matter what I did. I actually developed quite the caffeine addiction because of – and now in retrospect, now I understand. Now I know. But Mm -hmm. like I would get – I was up to like minimum six cups of coffee in the morning like a day just to get through my office jobs. And that was in my 20s. And now mm-hmm. I understand, you know, so the fatigue was something, was something foul. Um, yeah. And then to just feeling um, bloated all the time, like what's so messed up about it is from what I understand, a lot of the symptoms are not that different from being pregnant. <laughs> well, I think about how many like, times in my life I thought I was. I remember sure. I, I, so I'm like, if, if this isn't pregnancy, what is it? Right. That's why I, I mean, I, I joke about it, perhaps maybe, maybe insensitively, I realize now and I apologize um, about saying that I feel like I had a seizure. I feel like I gave birth because oh, the I've, symptoms, I've, you know, like the symptoms leading up to it, to the, to the diagnoses and then the procedure to get them out just felt like, that's what my mom said. My mom was like, welcome, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, I had to see the thing is they went in. I had a C-section. So I have a C-section scar as well, mm-hmm. which is funny. Um, they went in, but they thought they were two large ones. Um, but they turned out to be a bunch, of, a bunch of little ones, like just balled up together. Yeah. And you got to think have... that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you, do you have endo as well? Like endometriosis? Um, I have not been officially diagnosed, but I do. Right. Like, I, yeah, I, let's have, I yeah. know enough. You know what I mean? Um, I just, and I, and I honestly, I have to admit, I'm probably not the greatest about keeping up with it. I think after that, finding that out, I, 
and they couldn't do anything about it. And I've not gotten pregnant. I think I just haven't like wanted to deal with it. Yeah. Um, because the next step for me is a hysterectomy. Right. Mm. Like that's all they can do. Jeez. So I haven't really, you know, it's not what I talk to my doctors about anymore. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I already know. Like, that's do you feel like step. it's just like there's absolutely no other like there, there's no reason reason in talking to your doctor because there's no other well i mean i should because as you know with women's health i should just be getting regular checkups i'm probably due um but yeah i i know like i i think it's like almost like i don't want to do it yet but i'm getting older i'm not gonna have kids it's like I know that there are miracles that happen, but I'm not a rich celebrity with a team of doctors, you know, that can help me survive a pregnancy, you know? Um, So, yeah. Because who wants to get a hysterectomy? Like, I mean, I know some people... I mean, I wanted to right before my wedding. (laughs) I know that there are people who want to. I mean, I just didn't want to. I told... One of the things I keep telling my sister... I didn't used to get cramps when I was younger. Like that just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something happened in my twenties, and suddenly I just got the like the debilitating, like keeled over, feeling like shit um, type of cramps. And um, we had even talked about this last week. How my concern was that like I think I'm due right on the day of my wedding. Um, and I've been trying to offset it and I've been telling my sister ever since I had my, uh, started getting cramps. I just want to take a melon baller to my ovaries and just them out, you know, just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's the worst thing when you actually feel where the ovaries are. I don't know if you've ever gotten that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just saying it's crazy because I I can, I feel, I know what that feels like. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, I think in that if for if, if it's just pain alone, yes, I right. I think a hysterectomy is going to be great, right? <laughs> I just think um, it's it's kind of like it's closing the door, a chapter mm-hmm. that like all my life I'd wanted to you know I wanted kids most of my life, right? Yeah. So like never having them, um, and then when I take it out. You're definitely not having them. So I think that's kind of like what one makes me say I don't want it gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The bit of hope. And, you know, this podcast is reaching more and more people every day. So you never know. Maybe in a, a year or two, you've got that celebrity money from napping through happy hour <laughs> fame. <laughs> and, you know, we get you a couple kids on the way, whether they be through you or through other means, you know? Yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay somebody to carry it. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am like sending you a lot of like, love and hugs because that's so freaking hard and I don't think people understand like there's there's no getting other people to understand how hard that is yeah. you know and it's revealing you know I used I used to be like I used to joke with my parents like well Bree, my sister is your answer to grandchildren because I ain't I ain't never blah, 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 you know and then my sister was like lol <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to be there not yeah she doesn't want to be a mom either I don't think she or her partner, um, JC, want to be want to be moms. So now all the heat is back on me and Josh. Um, but when, 
but when I got that phone call and they were like telling me to prepare myself for a possible mm. hysterectomy, yeah, wow. I hung up with the doctor and I called Josh and I broke the fuck down. Yeah, and I because I didn't realize like I at least wanted to be able to have the choice yeah. to have a kid, you know, to give yeah. my partner that to share that with him. And I thought my whole life up until a year ago, I was really cool and prepared to just not, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, it's really, you learn stuff about yourself when that choice is removed from you. you. Yeah. 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 And and that's funny because I remember them saying before, because they knew they were bad. So they're like, we might have to be, take them out while you're under like period like that. And they don't give you much of a choice. It's like, you know, if things, because tumors bleed too much things like that a lot of things can happen uh so yeah that's i was like so if i do something to help myself it also means i could do the opposite (laughs) in one foul swoop i could go (laughs) and do something better and end up worse than what I had before. Because, you know, people do get pregnant with fibroids. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been that person. But I was thinking just like, so these are my options. <laughs> worse or worse. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it's the most ingratiating thing to begin with. And then there's menopause that we all have to go through one way or another. And then that could be... Um, a huge situation um, that lasts for years. And it's just like, did we not get dealt the absolute worst hand? Seriously. <laughs> female assigned at birth, you know? Um, it, it's, it's a thing that I like, <laughs> every time I'm just like, well, let's just take them all out of me, Mark. And he's like, yeah, but then you have to go through menopause. I was like, okay, well, don't remind me of that. Cause. <laughs> Uh, that's the next phase that I'm just yeah. utterly not looking forward to. Um, because when I was a kid, I also, I convinced myself that I wasn't going to have a period. I was like, nope, just not going to be me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I did not have that sucker until I was a eighth grader, um, just about to go to high school. And I got it on the week of our senior class trip um Ugh. senior of middle school but um the eighth mm. grade trip to the water park oh good so, oh. so yeah i had to learn all the ins and outs very quickly which um as a young female is kind of traumatizing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah. my sweet sister the amazing woman that she is she taught me how to do everything um and I hated it and I was like why 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 do we have to do this <laughs> yeah it's yeah. all torturous <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well is there like any like advice that you could give to anybody at least in how you talk to your doctors like do you think that this experience has changed your guys's relationship with how you treat medical professionals or how you add yourself well yeah I yeah, I definitely used you, to. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, has, you seem to have done better than I did. I, I, I think maybe now I'm a little bit better. I know with my mental health. Um, I think once mm-hmm. my dad got sick, I said no way. 
somebody's got to help me now because this is gonna this is about to be bad. So in mm-hmm. that way, I feel like I've better advocated for myself. Um, but help wise, yeah. not feels good. <laughs> I mean, still working better. on it. What I would say to someone who is struggling with advocacy. So if my doctor starts talking about my weight, I direct the conversation elsewhere. I literally will say, that's not what I came in here for. I'm aware of exactly how much I weigh. I'm exactly aware of of what I eat and how much and when. That's not why I'm here. There are underlying issues that are presenting themselves. And something else too, I mentioned earlier that one of my clients is a naturopath. The friend of mine that got me that that contract works for that naturopath and was very instrumental for me when I was going through this process of figuring out my next move and all of this jazz. Because I had gained so much weight and I was so depressed about it, which thinking back now, I'm like, my body is my body. Like, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. But what she said to me was she offered me a reframing, which was our bodies are on the front lines for us 24 7 365 from the time we are our booties are slapped and we let out our first cry until we die that is so much to do for one gigantic organism and so if something is going wrong beneath the surface if there's like an inner record scratch your body is going to do whatever she needs or he needs or they need to do to prepare you and, and and protect you, whether or not your mind has caught up with what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget her saying that to me because it tracked. I had put on weight. I was tired. I was sleeping a lot because I was getting prepared for battle. My mm-hmm. body knew what was going on and it knew that it was time to literally overreact. And so now, even without the fibroids, I look at my body mass fluctuation very differently. If I'm really tired one day and I know I got a bunch of stuff to do, I tap back into the tire. I lean into it. I don't fight it and I don't shame myself for it because what our bodies do for us at any given point in time, sickness, for better or for worse, is nothing short of miraculous. So I'm not going to sit here and shit on the miracle just because I don't have a lot of information. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind at the forefront. And if you literally have to say those words to your doctor, you're not going to make me shit on the miracle. Do that. Literally do that. And then ask them, fine, if I weren't fat, if I weren't this, if I weren't that, how would you diagnose me? Great. Run that beautiful bean footage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. Wow. Really well put. (laughs) Make them look at their expertise. Reflect it back to them. Don't let them shame you into a corner and then, JK, there was something brewing underneath the surface all along. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. I also heard, like, I, I feel like there's a there's this doctor, or he's a resident now, I believe, who's on TikTok, who talks about the disparities in black medical care and mm. black health care as well. And like, this is resonating because this is, you know, he's like, this is all he talks about, like being better about, it's like, you know, your body 
and you know they're taught a lot of still racist things in medical school so mm-hmm. they don't think we have as much pay we we have higher pay tolerances and things mm-hmm. like that so Ugh. you do have yeah. to kind of demand and i guess this way yeah it's a bunch of bull crap another thing too for me personally is i have to remember like medical disparages like what you're talking about are literally like almost why i wasn't born like my mom knew she was going into labor and they ignored her yeah what and when i was born i i wasn't born breathing like they had to work on me for a while a long time to get me to breathe and to get me well because they ignored her. So that further pissed me off <laughs> with my doctor yeah. and my fibroids because I was like, y'all are just determined to take me out. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and let that happen. Yeah. I love that. Good for you. Are you on Kaiser? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Good. Okay. Good. Good. No. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Good. good, I, have, good. I have fight in me. I don't know if I have that much fight. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was like, please get off it. <laughs> Ooh, I just want to double check in there, you know, make sure. Nah. But I, Not you know, there. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Marine, you look like you had something you were going to say. I was just thinking about how I just lost my free insurance. Uh, wait what remember oh. what did i tell you oh your, your cobra stuff yeah I got my, cobra notice. <laughs> my job the job we both got laid off of um continued to pay insurance for me for over a year mm. Thank oh God. yeah yeah so that, now, that year I, is up now the yeah the up. year is up now well um, i didn't know that they like they this is, i think it was on accident like i went and i paid for my own insurance got new insurance I couldn't even cancel the policy. They had to cancel it. And so, yeah, I had so like two insurances. they're really great at doing things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you had a lot of coverage. Ooh. I had a lot of coverage. I'm I just would have got surgeries just... and all sorts of shit. <laughs> this makes me fuming. And you know what? <laughs> this is another reason why I'm really interested in business. Because everything is a business. And mm-hmm. if you talk to people about their money... They don't, they're more likely to listen to you. And that is, that doesn't matter. That's regardless of the field. So especially medical, if you know your rights and you handle your business and theirs, they have no choice if only to avoid being embarrassed and avoid you being a liability. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. We're going to have to have you back on to just talk about health insurance and how to pick up land. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, but is there is there anything uh, you guys are looking forward to in the coming week or anything on the docket that you're excited for? Hmm. <laughs> Our party is part of a fundraiser for the San Francisco Dyke March this weekend, so I'm excited about that. Raise some awesome. funds because... The Dyke March is one of the only Pride organizations that does not have funding. So, oh, really? We'll raise some money. Yeah. Is there a website or anything that people can go to just to check out and see what kind of events are in their area? I don't know what the website is. That's the Dyke March, I believe. I was, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just part of the. I think it's sfdykemarch.org. Um, okay. 
Okay, that's not it, but you just... <laughs> Google Dyke March. And yeah, Dyke March. Yeah. yeah. Clear your browser. <laughs> be careful of your browser. Yeah, um, be very, like, put every word in. Don't, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't cut corners. Well, don't cut corners. <laughs> once, once you find it, we'll we'll tag it in there. Um, but, uh, Janae, how about yourself? Anything for you? I'm really pumped about this program launch. So I know I'm still working on a couple of digital products to upload to the library for my subscribers, but you know, I can just drop those in at any time. I'm just really, really psyched to help build this community and provide networking opportunities as well as coach people on their social media, their business practices, their standard operating procedures and their mindset. Um, just really like, ah, like it's happening. We're launching Sequa into the next chapter. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm seeing a friend of mine from high school on Saturday. We're having brunch. I haven't seen her in years, but we always kept in touch. She was one of my closest friends when I was like nine up until now. So it's just been a really good season of reconnecting with good folk. And I love that. And I'm so grateful for that. It's helping balance out the like cuckoo craziness of the business side of me. And it reminds me to stay grounded. Like I wasn't always this person, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, in a good no, way, in a, in a good way. Like, I get it. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, and Josh and I are getting ready to go on a big on a trip for our anniversary. So I'm sure over the next few days we'll be locking in some um, finalizations for that as well. So lots of good things uh, across the board, and I'm I'm grateful for that. And thank you for asking, and thank you for this platform to share my heart and listen to y'all's heart and talk about these things. Absolutely. And then uh, if you don't mind, just uh, tag uh, your Instagram and um, tell everyone like just spelling wise where they can find you, where they can find all these services. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So I am Saqua LLC. That's S-A-Y-Q-U-O-I. My Instagram handle is underscore Saqua, S-A-Y-Q-U-O-I. And my website is www.say-qua.com. So S-A-Y-Q-U-O-I.com. Um, hit me up. Let's talk about let's talk about what you got going on. Let's look at your Instagram. Let's look at your face. Let's look up everything and just make sure that your online presence is staying authentic to your big picture. Um, to that's your business, your brand, your art, all of that. Um, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. And I can't wait to work with you. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's totally going to be the clip I put on TikTok too. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Well, as for myself, I am currently enjoying the fact that my family's not in town any longer and (laughs) I am finally married and I don't have to plan a wedding ever, ever again. Yes! I'm so glad it happened. I had a blast that day. Um, I, it, talking about like I, I didn't realize I was this person, but like moments before we got started at the whole ceremony, um, everyone kept asking me, "How you doing, Katie? How you doing?" And for the first time, I was just—I felt like I was about to go into a performance, but it was also like this is like the biggest performance of my life. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like, I was so calm, and I was just like, I was just ready to get this thing started because I was like, I had been planning this stupid thing. <laughs> forever uh can we please just dance down the aisle (laughs) 
Um, and then I got really bummed too because uh, Marie and I had to sneak out the back um, and like come around the corner. It was it was really wonderful too because it was just like I got to have like a tiny little moment with Marie uh, before we got started. And then by the time like everyone was going down the aisle, it was like boom, you were off and you had to go. And I, I couldn't <laughs> see around the corner to like see like what you did. And I had to like watch, I had to scroll through everybody's Instagram to see like what you did. Um, I was like, that's the one thing I wish I could do. I wish I could have seen everything from like uh, an attender attendee's perspective. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But I'm also I, I'm also glad that we didn't get a videographer because I just I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? I really want to know. Who well, does? Well, somebody was, out there is must be doing does. it. People yeah, because have wedding tapes. Like I know yeah. they do. Well, and here's the thing, and like, this is the exact thing that I said to Mark, why I didn't want a videographer, but we were watching everybody's videos on Instagram the night of, and Mark was like, I don't know, it feels like this is the VHS tape that they show right before the couple gets murdered. And I was like, that's why. I was like, that's why, because it feels like, like, when you watch that, like, something bad has happened when you watch, like, really, like, happy moment. Yeah, something bad is about to pop off, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't like this. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, I had a blast. I'm so glad to be married. Um, And Mm. now it's just sort of assembling uh, furniture and lovely gifts that people have gotten us and then sending out thank you cards. So that's pretty much my week now. (laughs) You're wrapping it down. Wrapping it down? Who says that? Nobody. I like it. Nope. We're making it a thing. We'll call it. wrapping it down. I'm wrapping it down. (laughs) (laughs) Break it down. No, wrapping it down. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That's beautiful. Well, my friends, the universe is absolute chaos, so please remember to be kind to one another. Marie, do you have any parting wisdom or thoughts for the listener? Yeah, um, just so everybody knows, um, wine openers do not cut German chocolate cake very well. Even when oh, shit. You're oh, in, no. in your hotel room at 12 o'clock craving German chocolate cake. Oh no! I knew I I should have gotten you utensils. I I knew (laughs) I could have just asked the front desk. We asked the front desk for a wine thing. Why did we just ask them for like cutlery? Which they open a bottle. (laughs) Yeah, just it was just funny because oh, we had to open a bottle. That's right. But we also could (laughs) ask them for cutlery. Oh yeah, that's right. I was I was drinking. Um, (laughs) Could ask them for cutlery. I wasn't. I was. I was. <laughs> I, I wasn't on the wedding. The night before, I, I had drank a little bit too much and uh, woke up in the middle of the night and started my period. And I was like, red wedding it is. Great. Awesome. <laughs> nice day for red wedding. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, don't fully recommend, but at the same time, we were too tired to do anything that night anyway, so we ended up just eating a bunch of leftover portos and some leftover wedding cake, and it was a great night. Yes. <laughs> love it. I love that, it. Wow. That yeah. makes me excited. Very, very happy and very excited. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, here's the thing that one thing that we learned, like, you know, people will tell you just like the wedding is yours, like make it the way you want to. I can't recommend it enough like that uh, if nothing else like that's my parting advice is that like our 
coordinator did not know what to do with us and all the jokes that we had planned and all the stuff like we had written it out we had shown her what we wanted and like she could not understand until she saw the ceremony and like how we did everything and why we had space balls the ring pillow <laughs> and you know and like had all these jokes and um and frivolous vows versus uh ceremonial vows but yeah um it was it was cool to see uh, people just be like yeah, that was unabashedly just your guys' wedding. <laughs> it was y'all. Yeah. 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 It was it was a wonderful thing. So I'm glad you guys both were there. <laughs> Alrighty, my friends. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.